You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 120. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting K.A. Perry, who brings a unique perspective to her environmental thrillers. Her ability to utilize nature as a catalyst to keep her plot moving and drive the character's pursuit of the truth stems from her own appreciation and love of nature. She spent years practicing environmental law, giving her a unique perspective to writing environmental thrillers. Her debut novel, The Green Beach, is available now. So we'll be talking to uh, K.A. Perry about her writing process, about environmental thrillers, and a whole bunch more, so stay tuned for that. But before we get to the interview, November is National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. It's a fantastic annual internet-based creative writing project where participants attempt to write a 50,000-word manuscript between November 1st and November 30th. So if you're not familiar with uh, NaNoWriMo, I highly uh, recommend you go check out NaNoWriMo.org to learn more about NaNoWriMo. Uh, It's still early in November. It's only the uh, 3rd of November as I'm recording this. And so you'll be uh, still have plenty of time uh, to get into the action. So uh, go check that out. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, And also uh, do check out uh, thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass where you can learn about writing from amazing teachers like Dan Brown, David Baldacci, James Patterson, R.L. Stein, Margaret Atwood, Neil Gaiman, David Mamet, and other amazing writers. So it's perfect for NaNoWriMo. Thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass. Go check it out. And it's also a great way to support the podcast since that is my affiliate link. All right. Here's my interview with K.A. Perry. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And for the podcast today, I have K.A. Perry. And she's uh, in Connecticut. How are you doing this morning? I am good. How are you? Good, good. How are things going in the East Coast? Uh, things are going well. Things are going well. The, the kids went back to school here, which is a good sign. Oh, so wow. some of them part-time, but so far so good. We, we don't have all the forest fire issues that are going on out there. Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of crazy, the air quality now we're dealing with now. So now the fires are getting a little better uh, in some areas, but the air quality now we have to deal with. So yeah, so stuff we could talk about too with the environmental thriller. So you, uh, your book, uh, The Green Beach, is out now, and it's, uh, it's kind of an environmental thriller. We'll get into that in a moment, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and, and what got you to uh, writing your, your, your book? I was an environmental lawyer in a large firm for a lot of years. I really love the environment and I love nature, as do a lot of people really get something from nature and spending time in nature. And I basically always wanted to write a mystery book ever since I was a little kid. So um, I used to work in an independent bookstore during college and I used to shelve the books on the mystery shelf. And, um, you know, I've read a lot of them um, and I just sort of thought, you know, there's room for this. There's room for an environmental lawyer as the main character. So is your book, is it like a, is it like a legal thriller, but with a, a outdoors, is it like courtroom stuff? Or is it, can you tell us a little bit about your book? It is a legal thriller, but there is a lot of nature in it, right? So mm-hmm. there's nature basically in every scene. The main character is a little quirky. She's a little bit introverted. Um, and she really notices nature. Um, she relates well to nature and she notices it almost more than the people or it's almost as though she relates better to it. Um, I think I picked it because a lot of legal thrillers have a main character, a female sleuth that's very, you know, very strong willed and um, very, very legal in a lot of courtroom scenes and a lot of, you know, interrogation rooms. And this, 
this character is a little bit more lighthearted. This character doesn't have superpowers, doesn't have, um, you know, isn't super egotistical or anything like that. Just is sort of more quirky and it's sort of nature and her observations of nature that guide her forward and her intuition in terms of solving, you know, or, or sort of getting through the thriller, we'll say. And how did the idea for the book came to you? How did I think it really came from my, my love of nature. I thought, you know, no one's really done this yet, right? We have every single sort of female detective or sleuth there ever could be, right? We have caterers and chefs and um, people that run farms and all sorts of things. And most of the legal female characters in, in um, the mystery genre are, um, you know, they're some of the very famous ones are, you know, the, the um, like Linda Farstein's, um, you know, prosecutor or the, um, what do you call it? The medical examiner, right? Mm -hmm. But no one had really done, and even Lisa Skodaline, she does sort of the lawyers in private practice, but no one had really done um, an environmental attorney. And I thought it was time, you know, with the environmental movement just blossoming and everything going on, especially, you know, with um, sort of the global warming issue. I think it's time for this character. Yeah, I think it's like you said, like everybody, I think even the most people, even if they're more indoors, everyone likes the outdoors at least a little bit. <laughs> so it's kind of a good, uh, a good hook. And we did, we live in the city in San Francisco. And we kind of got tired of it. So we actually rented a place in the country. So we've been out here for a couple months. <laughs> Hey, that's fantastic, right? Uh, so yeah, it's a I used to be the natures. It's so wonderful. It's good when you slow down and you actually stop and can like go for a walk in the woods or, yeah. you know, or just kind of appreciate it a little bit. Even people that love the city. I During the whole COVID-19 thing, I saw an article in the Post that said people were buying up plants just because mm -hmm. they wanted to have some plants while they were stuck at home in their apartments with them, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I think more people get respite from nature than we realize that there's, some, there's a connection there. And that's why the environmental movement has been so big and so strong, because I think intuitively people recognize that in themselves. Yeah, this was a, what's cool about the states too, it doesn't matter what city you live in, you're, most people are pretty close, you know, maybe, you know, like half hour, an hour, and then it's like a whole different world than, the, than being in a city. <laughs> That's true. That's totally true, right? So how did you, how, what's the significance of the, of the Green Beach title? What's, uh, what's that about? You know, a, the concept behind that, and there's a, you know, this is, it's a lighthearted mystery, right? But mm -hmm. underneath it, there are some environmental, pro-environmental messages, one of which is the issue of beach access, right? So it's called the Green Beach File, and it's sort of a double play on the word green in that, is there access to everyone for the beach, or is the beach reserved by just the, you know, the people that, you know, that have millions of dollars that live on the shorefront? And um, that's why it has that tagline at the bottom, whose oh. beach is it anyway? So because I think the concept of public lands and having open access to everyone for certain lands and preserving certain lands because they're very beautiful, it's actually a very old legal concept called the public trust, the public trust doctrine. And um, so I sort of tried to weave a little bit of that through it um, so that people would stop and think about the issue. Yeah, that's something that, that was happening here a couple of years ago. There's a some big tech millionaire bought a property and there's a ac public access that's been there for 50 years for the surfers. 
and he blocked it. So they've been legal. They've been going back and forth legally. I don't know what, what ended up with that, but that's been a legal battle for at least a few years now. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a big issue, right, for people? Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. some parts of the earth are so beautiful, maybe everybody should get to see them or have yeah. access. So. Yeah, especially if it's been a, a public for 50 years or whatever. That'd be kind of... But... <laughs> yeah, that raises all sorts of additional legal issues in, yeah. and because of the whole who's been using it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, and that's what's so interesting too. So like you said, you, you, you're dealing with some pretty heady uh, subject matters and everything, but so how do you turn all that into a, a, a fun, uh, you know, into a, a mystery that the, the, that the readers are enjoying? How do you... Is that harder to process all that and then put it down in the paper? I think it. I think those issues are there, but I think what keeps people moving along through it is the conversation and the humor. Because I'm actually funnier when I write than when I speak. So like, I don't know why that is. I was thinking today I'd love to crack a few jokes for you, but like somehow when I write, I write in a manner that makes people laugh, and um, I think that really and people really like the character. They like the main character because she's very likable. You know, she's um, she's very endearing to them. And a lot of folks have, have been asking me to write a sequel so that they can find out what happens next. And so your character is also an, an environmental attorney like you are. Is a, is a lot of your personality uh, traits in her? or? <laughs> um, there are some that are there and there are some that are totally made up. So just, just to make it funnier. So. Yeah. I tried to keep it lighthearted because I think the lighthearted mysteries are the most fun, yeah. you know? And when yeah. we read fiction mysteries and thrillers, we read them partially for escape. So, and, and with how wearing this year's been, I thought it, a little escape would be good for everybody. So. Yeah. yeah, that is so true. Yeah. That's what we were, we're reading this to, to not deal with the real world. So it's kind of nice to, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially this year. <laughs> yeah. Especially this year. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so what's your um, process on, like, you, from the time you get the idea and then you sit down to start writing it, how long does that take? Uh, what's your process like uh, for, for getting it started to write a book? I like to write when everybody else in my household is sleeping. Mm. And sometimes I'll get the ideas when I'm um, running, but let's call it what it really is, jogging <laughs> at this point. Um, and then I'll jot them down and then I'll go back to them and I'll try to work on it um, you know, sometimes I'll just work on it in the early morning hours before anybody else is awake. Um, and a lot of times I'll, I'll rewrite it a couple of times just for myself, just to try to get the idea all the way out before, you know, I would even consider it done. Mm -hmm. So. And do you find that the, the pandemic and the quarantine that changed your process a lot with everyone being at home now and... <laughs> <laughs> that has made it harder, right? Yes. <laughs> A little harder to maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have kids? <laughs> no, we did not. Well, no, we're, it's just my wife and, and myself now. But yeah, but just the, you know, her be. We're both home all day now, and <laughs> the dynamics totally different, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine yeah. with kids with responsibilities, yeah. smaller children. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. There, it's it's different. It's made it a little bit harder to write, I yeah. think, because writing something that I do alone, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And so, so you mentioned before, so you always wanted to be a writer. Were you a fan of uh, mysteries and thrillers when you were a reader when you, before you started to write these? Yeah. Yes. I have always been a fan of mysteries and thrillers and I have, I really, um, 
I used to get mad at myself when I was a little bit younger. I'd be like, I can't, no, don't read another one. Work on writing one, you know, because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very addictive, especially if you get into a good series, right? You just want to keep going and going and going and see what happens. Um, but yes, I, I've long loved mysteries and thrillers. What, is, what are some of the uh, writers that have influenced you as a, as a writer now? So that's a funny question, right? Because um, I'm going to name people that aren't necessarily thriller writers, right? Mm-hmm. But that they that they force you to sort of live in the world they're writing about in the moment. So one of my most favorite childhood writers was Michael Crichton, mm-hmm. because you know who wrote Jurassic Park yep. of all things. But I read all of his writings and Kurt Vonnegut's because whatever world they've created, you're completely submerged in it. And I guess this goes back to what I was saying about escape, escape fiction, you know, fiction we read to sort of as a coping skill for our real lives, you know, to sort of, to, to sort of have a break from reality. Um, but in terms of mystery writers, you know, I love the Anna Pigeon books, which were by Nevada Barr. She was a, a, a forest ranger in the national parks and Nevada Barr went and wrote, um, you know, each book was situated in a different national park. I don't know if you've ever read those, but they were, that's a fantastic set of mystery books. So. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, it's been a long time, but yes. Uh, yeah. I think those are still going on too. that series. <laughs> I liked Linda Farstein's books a lot. Um, she wrote about a prosecutor named Alexandra Cooper that um, I liked, but it was, it's a very different character than the character, like the personality traits than the character in my book. But, you know, sort of those female legal sleuths, I've always liked. When you're writing, what, what, what kind of scenes do you find that are hardest to write? Transition, trans, mm-hmm. transitioning, like from, and trying to keep the suspense up, right? So like ending the chapter on a note that's going to make you turn the page to the next chapter but somehow also leave, like leaving a little hint of a transition so that whatever happens next, you know, it sort of, it blends in or it, 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 it transitions well into whatever the next um, segment is. Right by the seat of your pants or do you outline everything before you get going? <laughs> I guess I write by the seat of my pants. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have big picture thoughts. We'll call it that, but yeah. I certainly don't outline. I'm sure if I were a better writer, I would do that. I don't know. Um, you know, writing has always been very personal for me. So it, it even makes me uncomfortable, the idea of people, re- you know, reading the book because I'm so shy about the writing. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the same way, too. I like cringe when people are like, oh, I read your book. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it varies. I've interviewed a lot, of, a lot of writers and, yeah, some, you know, everything needs to be outlined to the to the last sec, to the last scene, and some f- refuse to do it. They're like, no way, it's part of the fun. So whatever works. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Yeah. And so, uh, and I always ask this too, uh, to my guests, what, what are your, what do you use to write? Is it like Word or some other type of software program? It's just Word. I just sit down with Word and I start going. And I, uh, I try to think about it in um, very, very, one detail at a time, right? Yeah to try to create the environment around the person, right? Yeah. Especially with the nature, right? Mm-hmm. Like one little tiny aspect of it at a time. So, so how much how much research do you put beforehand? Because if you're dealing with all this, the law and the nature stuff, I mean, you do a lot of uh, research up front? I think I 
kind of fly by the seat of my pants in life. Like I research as needed as it comes up. Oh, so um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, some of it I have a knowledge base on because of the work I've done and some of it, you know, because of where my interests lie in life. So I'll read about things that interest me a lot, but some of it I, I literally just look up when I need to. Hmm. And do you, uh, do you write every day? Well, before the pandemic, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's been a lot harder with everyone home, especially, you know, now people actually go places, but I have a bunch of children. And mm. so it's a rare thing when everybody leaves the house, you know, it's much more rare, I guess, than before the pandemic. So even, you know, even school right now is sort of half distance learning, half in school. So, you know, so it's just harder to have a, a quiet house. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, uh, and so the Green Beach, uh, uh, is this a standalone or you said you, you might make it into a series? What's the, what's your next plans for it? I am working on a series. I am Ooh. working on the, I even have a title, The Green Ocean File. So, um, because a lot of the work that I did, what this book involves wetlands, and a lot of the work that I did as a lawyer involved wetlands in environmental law. And this next book is actually gonna um, involve something called aquaculture and the ocean. And it's going to have a lot more ocean issues in it, but also, you know, keeping the same character, keeping it fun and lighthearted, hopefully getting you to laugh out loud a few times so mm. or many times. Oh, well, I mean, I wasn't even familiar with that uh, subject matter. The, so is it like agricultural or in the... It is, it is fish farming in the sea, right? Oh. And in particular, um, so you can have fish farming. So aquaculture is fish farming. Um, you know, you can have it on land in ponds and stuff, but we actually have, you know, open fish pens in the ocean, um, you know, for salmon and other species um, to grow out in the ocean. Um, and so it's going to, it's going to tie into that a little bit, you know, I don't want to give away too much, mm -hmm. but, um, the idea is sort of taking this knowledge base that I have and, and maybe putting it in some of the other aspects of the environment that we all need to think about and would be fun to read a thriller about. Yeah, that's really cool. And then is there a lot of, um, for like this environmental thriller, um, is so new, but I'm starting to see books coming out about this. Uh, are, you, are there any any other books that you're aware of in that space that you like? Not really. I mean, my brother mm -hmm. was teasing me. He's like, you're trying to invite, invent a genre of books. Yeah. I'm sure someone's done it. Um, Carl Hyacin puts mm -hmm. a lot of environmental stuff or nature in his books. And, you know, it's not that it doesn't, exist it's that it's not necessarily categorized as that but that is what i'm trying to write is an environmental thriller mm -hmm. so and i think that the first one is that you know because of the nature of the book because of the nature of the character and because i think as humans we have to stop and appreciate nature you know i think that is something we all learned or a lot of us learned and spent more time in in 2020 as a result of the pandemic yeah, especially when I was stuck indoors, and now you start missing what you do, what you took for granted before. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, uh, any advice you have for uh, any aspiring writers that are listening to this? I always like to ask my guests this because you know I've, I, I have a lot of uh, aspiring writers that listen to the podcast. Persistence, right? Mm -hmm. Persistence, because I feel like it was always there in the back of my head, and it took a long time to come into fruition in the sense that I dreamed of it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's really important to not let go of our dreams in life, right? Yeah. To follow our heart and to follow what we're thinking inside our heads and see it through. 
Yeah, and the Green Beach is that your first novel? Do you have other other books out? No, this is my first novel. Oh, I'm wow. very excited about it. Awesome! Well, congrats! <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're really enjoying the process because you're already working into the second one. So cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I am enjoying. I don't know anything about this whole like um, the whole publicity part and the talking about it. Yeah. That's hard. Oh yes, <laughs> it is a big part. Of now the days of i just want to write i think are over unless you're like a huge name <laughs> no no i i i'm like i had no idea like i i looked at a a text from um you know like on instagram from um aaron hildebrand the other day when she was on nantucket and you know i'm following her on instagram and it, it's got like her and what dress she's wearing and who made her sandals and who made her shoes and i'm like oh my goodness like what it doesn't have it's you know, it's just so different than how I thought it would be. And I'm not that I'm better at writing than I am at being articulate. So, and, yeah. and the idea of self-promotion is like, ugh, you know? Yeah. So, kind of like, uh, the, yeah. For most of us writers, yeah, it's kind of like the, like pulling teeth, but it's, yeah, it's something that, that needs to be done. Well, even Stephen King, look at his level. He always does promotions for his books. So even at that level, it doesn't stop. It seems like, <laughs> I guess it's part of it, right? We just yep. have to get, we have to learn and get used to it. Yep. So, yep, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast because I figured between books, I can meet other authors and get myself out of my comfort zone. And and so, yeah, so I think that's kind of an interesting component. I agree with you. It's, it's tough to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you do the podcast because it's, it's pretty impressive and you have a great following. So, and they're very oh. informative. So. Great, great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been fun. It's been kind of crazy, but it's been uh, it's been fun, and I've learned a ton, and and love meeting new authors like yourself. So I definitely have to check out your book, and so and your book is out now. So everybody, go 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 check it out. Where where can people yes. find you online? Um, the well, the the book you can find anywhere if you type in the Green Beach file. It's pretty much everywhere, from you know the independent bookseller to you know Walmart and Target have it. The um the online at least I know mm -hmm. they have it um and then um I have a website that is uh www.kaperry.com so and I you know that's probably the best way to find me okay great all right so thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast really appreciate it and uh, nice talking to you Oh, nice to talk to you, too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.